0: it's not a get rich quick. It's, it's a get rich or get wealthy over time. And it's, it's very true. Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation,
1: where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now let's get to it. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis, and this conference is going to be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you want to get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you and the best part about the north star real estate conference is the networking the networking is phenomenal we've got high performers there we've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are going to be adding a ton of value to your business we can't wait to see you there april 24th and 25th check it out i'll see you there Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, I'm excited to have Mike Stradman. Mike, how are you doing today?
0: Very good, Todd. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for coming on the show. A little bit about Mike. He lives in Bemidji, Minnesota, which is, if you don't know where that is, it's like pretty much Canada. Yeah. Uh, it's super cold. It's uh, it's beautiful up there, though. Um, lives up there with his wife and two daughters. And he's been actively and passively investing in real estate for over 10 years. His portfolio consists of a number of single-family homes, along with duplexes, triplexes, and a quad. He has put important processes in place so he can manage his portfolio and continue to work his full-time day job. With that said, Mike, um, well, welcome to the show and give our listeners a little bit more about kind of your background and what what you're doing. What are you trying to achieve? You got this day job. What are you yeah you
0: do yeah exactly no it has been uh it, it's amazing you know ten years it's a it's unbelievable how fast it goes by yeah know I remember back in the day reading a book, uh hearing a podcast, whatever it might have been about acquiring one house a year It's like hmm. boy, ten years you know wow, it seems like a it, it seems like forever you know and you're um, signing notes for a five year mortgage you know and put that balloon on the end but um, it's like, wow, that, when is that day going to be here? And all of a sudden yeah. before you know it, it, it's over, you know, uh, that day's come, that day's gone. And you're looking at the next one. And then you look back at your portfolio and it's like, wow, uh, we are taking steps. Um, so yeah, I have been acquiring homes, um, properties for a little over 10 years. Uh, I had a business partner at first and there was a while there we were doing, or for quite a long time, we we're averaging one every four months and doing this on our own nights, weekends. Um, and were you keeping those? Were you flipping them? We kept every one of them. Okay. We did. Yeah. So we'd pick one up. Uh, we'd get it. We'd you know, close on a Friday afternoon, get in there Friday night, uh, fix it up all day Saturday, and, and um, depending on the amount of work it needed, hopefully getting people in for tours on a Sunday afternoon. So uh, some of them definitely took longer. We spent a lot of weekends, uh, a lot of nights getting them prepared. But um, uh, it was fun. It was a neat experience. And uh, looking back, you know, it had been uh, – we should have bought, um, three a month and, uh, and brought other people Mm -hmm. to help. But when you're on a shoestring budget to start off with, uh, that was the best way to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you could do that all over again, I'm sure. Well, let's talk where you, the market that you're in, tell our listeners a little bit about the market, the type of market that you're investing in and, and then, you know, I guess why.
0: Yeah, so I, uh, as you mentioned, I live in northern Minnesota, uh, mainly small communities, very small communities, um, and investing within about a 50-mile radius of, of my home. Uh, again, my partner at the time was uh, lived about 40 miles away, so um, and we were both kind of working in different uh, different areas trying to find homes, pick up homes, um, yeah, a lot of workforce housing where we started, um, that was in the city of Park Rapids. So, uh, big need. So, it worked out very well. We were able to pick up, you know, you look at the years it was, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, through the recession, able to pick them up um, um, very reasonably. So, uh, then we transitioned up to Bemidji. I moved up to Bemidji. When
1: you say very reasonably, give me a give me a price range.
0: Yeah, you know, you're talking a lot of the places that we picked up were in it's – in that well, all the way from forty to sixty five sixty eight maybe seventy thousand dollar range, depending on how much work they needed,
1: yeah, okay
0: yeah, and um, and then we transitioned up to Bemidji, and up here we have uh, you know a university, and there we now we've really focused on um, college rentals, so okay. that's going been our bread and butter um, and, and and they've been great tenants too,
1: yeah. And and just so people can kind of like wrap their head around Bemidji, it's a smaller smaller town. What, how many? What's the population like? Ten thousand people? Fifteen thousand people?
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh fourteen thousand people. Okay. Um, you know crazy. I mean, for, for some listeners, it's uh very very extremely small. But for up in northern Minnesota, it's kind of a bigger Man. bigger communities in the area. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it'd be like the capital of northern Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: exactly right. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so and then it's it's four hours uh, north of the Twin Cities. So if people know who, where Minneapolis and Saint Paul is, and they go, wow, that's really far up there. Uh, Bemidji is another four hours north, approximately. Um, yes. So it, it's a ways up there, but uh, little beautiful, beautiful land. If anybody wants to go up to northern Minnesota, definitely.
0: Nice area, great spot to be in uh, July and August.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's two months, uh, and if you like snowmobiling, uh, it's a good month in in you know January, February, March.
0: That's right. Yeah, we we've got to be uh, just nearing five feet of snow so far. There's in our yard right now. There's at least two and a half, three feet. So
1: yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um, so so tell me now, you've got your full time job and you've got a bunch of rental properties. Are you are you, Well, you might not be able to answer just because you got a full time job, but is it in your mind to hey, ret- let's just phrase it like this, so you don't get in trouble. Uh, is it with is it in your mindset to maybe retire early, or do you just is it hey I I like kind of the position I'm in. I like building this rental portfolio one property at a time. And that's kind of where I want to be and just set ourselves up for success. Or what's your kind of take us through that mindset there?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, you you hear of others that are looking to get out of their job. um, And I I don't want to. I really enjoy my job. I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy the people that I work with. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. But like everybody else, we have 24 hours in a day, you know, so you really have to be able to balance that. And what I've had to do is, is really focus on, 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 you know, a smaller type system. You know, I, uh, I have a bookkeeper, and she takes – she collects all the rents. She pays all the bills. Um, we talk via phone, email, whatever it might be, maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. You know, obviously during tax season, uh, a little bit more. Um, but she takes care of all that for me, so it's one less thing on my plate. I've got a handyman, a very good handyman um, that is able and willing to take care of whatever, whenever. So um, those are huge. Um, Without that, it it would be very difficult and it would be frustrating and and make me have to choose of what I want to do. Um, But no, um, having the right systems in place, um, it's given me the opportunity to keep my job, which I do want to do. Uh, You know, obviously, yeah, yeah, it is. uh, It's a get slow, get wealthy slow. And um hopefully you know if a uh, situation ever arises, and I do want to retire early, whatever it is, i can um, but yeah it, uh, I really enjoy my job right now so when you're are you still buying by the way I am um slowly, obviously, as you know across the nation the, the real estate market has been very good it has up here too you know and and I, I see people purchase these homes, and I thought you know I look at it, and um you know they may i, I breaking even and, and they're okay with that but I just I, I can't do that um I I've worked really hard to form some good relationships in the area and uh, the last one I purchased here in September um was from an individual that I know I uh, driving for dollars you know you drive around and see for, for rent signs um, give them a call to see see if they're willing to sell it you know I don't want to I'm not interested in buying or uh, renting but I would be interested in buying it um he wanted to keep that in the back of his mind. We we kept in touch, and seven years later, I bought it. So um, it's just kind of how that worked. Did Did you kind of keep in touch with him and remind
1: him, or was it just that one time?
0: Yeah, you know, about once a year, I try to reach out, and um, and it, it, that one worked out. Uh, I had a different one that I lost out on I lost out on a twelve unit apartment building, um, and just because they kind of forgot about me, I did touch touch um, reach out to them enough and uh, maybe I should have done it every six months or so. Um, but anyways, it worked out to reach out once a year and, and just keep keep in touch and um, and slowly over time, you know, he reached out to me and, and said, Hey, I think I'm ready to sell. So.
1: Yeah. That uh, when you, when you don't stay in touch, you don't stay top of mind that uh, worked bit me in the butt here recently on 112 unit building that, I had continually tried to contact the owner and, and uh, just recently found out that they sold it off market. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Not to me.
0: Yeah, it hurts. It hurts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're reaching out to people that uh, you build relationships with, you know, and continuing to do that. Are are you finding deals kind of on market as well? Or is it all kind of off market? What type of things are you doing to try to get yourself, you know, that, property every year or more um through this market
0: yeah exactly I'm reaching out to brokers keeping good relationship with realtors. um you know and then uh, i'm also the vice president on headwaters landlord association so um it's nice being able to get and meet and know other landlords in the area too and uh you know building relationships there letting them know that hey i'm still looking to buy still looking to buy and just planting some seeds so that's kind of been the best way uh, on market it's been been tricky you know i mean uh they're going fast and they're and they're going for probably 15% more than I'd be wanting or 20% more than I'd want to pay so
1: yeah and, and you just got to kind of stay patient with that because when you're not cash flowing, and that's something that you just mentioned a, a, a little bit ago people are buying these things and they're not cash flowing and they're okay with that first of all I don't know how anybody's okay with that uh that doesn't make sense you've got more money than than I know, or I have, because man, I just—it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you would buy without cash flow. So you just got to stay patient. You've got to make sure that you've got a sound business plan in place and model in place, and understand, you know, where the market is and and really what your overall game plan is, because your game plan isn't to just have a bunch of assets that are liabilities that are losing money. I'm assuming. Uh, it sounds like your game plan is to actually make money on these properties.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I greatly enjoy having rental properties, but uh, there comes times where there's uh, a tenant that doesn't work out. The furnace goes out, you know, and, and those start adding up. And, pre, you know, if you're not making any money, it takes all the fun out of it. You yeah. to so I, I definitely make sure that they cash flow very strong up front. And like you said, you just be patient and, and pick them up slowly but surely. But uh, the last thing you want to do is is get frustrated. Um, and or lose it uh, just due to a bad decision on one so i'd i'd rather work uh slow and steady
1: yeah and i i don't know if your portfolio is the same as mine uh, i bought all these one to four family properties and still hold a bunch of them and did full renovations you know most of them replaced furnaces roofs and you know so pretty much everything so my you would say hey my capex budget should be nothing right away um but i've found that through the years that through You know, whether it's poor tenants or a furnace replacement or whatever it is, that these properties, even though we think they're gonna make that five hundred bucks a month or whatever it might be, they really in reality, when you take the global and look at it, they really don't make kind of what you say they're gonna make on paper in the end. I mean, some of them do better, some of them do worse, some years they do really amazing, and then other years they make negative. And so when you look at it globally, it's it's actually not maybe quite as good as what you originally anticipated. So that's what gets me like when people are like, well, I'm buying it, it's break even, we're good.
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, that roof will need to be replaced at some point. So uh, you need to be set up your capital reserves so that you're throwing or planning to throw some money, you know, to the side to replace it at some point. Um, And yeah. What
1: what do you put, uh, what do you put per, let's talk single family or or like duplex uh what are you putting for a reserve budget uh you know per month or how are you doing that
0: yeah so i kind of break it out um depending upon how it looks when i buy it if you want to take the last place that i bought i know that that roof has to be replaced in seven years you know and 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 so i'll just work the numbers backwards i look um i look at the siding look at the windows uh, look at the furnace um look at the water heater and just kind of try to get a guesstimate. And and if you figure, you know, I'm gonna have to replace this roof in, in, seven, in seven years. it's um, so you're taking of, that 5,000 bucks or whatever it is. Yep, and, and divide it up. And yeah. so that I have that all, before I go and buy that property, that's all added in. And, and I can still meet, meet the numbers that I want at the end of the day, um, and knowing that I'm putting those reserves aside.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really smart way to look at it. Is look, I mean, here are my realistic costs. Here's my estimate. Knowing that, yeah, the maybe the roof lasts me 10 years, but maybe it only lasts me five. You know, hopefully if the roof only lasts me five, then the water heater will last, last me a couple extra years. But you're taking it, you're breaking it down, you're being very thoughtful about, okay, I need to be setting aside $200 per month, every month here to be able to pay for this CapEx in the future. Yeah. And, and as for you replace the roof, maybe you can tone that down just a little bit. Maybe it goes down to one seventy five, or maybe you have to raise it up because all of a sudden the furnace, you're going, man, this furnace is going out in the next year or two. Um, but you can always continue to look at it and keep that budget going.
0: Definitely. You know, and even carpet, you know, we all you put in brand new carpet and you just don't know how long, uh, depending you know, on, on your tenant, how long that carpet's going to last. And that could, be a, that could be a fairly large ticket item um hopefully you can get in there and replace some of the vinyl plank and be done with the carpet but uh but still you know if you have a one bad tenant and they trash that carpet after two years it can become uh it can become very expensive in a hurry so
1: yeah you mentioned uh when you first started you were kind of on this sh- sh- uh, shoestring budget you know you didn't have a ton of money um i'm assuming you didn't get a a bunch of money from, from family. It didn't have this massive inheritance and maybe I'm wrong, but um, you know, take us through like that getting started process and how could somebody replicate what you did to get to kind of where you are to be able to, Hey, I mean, there's a lot of people. Look, there's a lot of people listening to the show that they might never want to quit their job. They've got a job that they really enjoy or just they don't, necessarily need or want, you know, 5,000 10,000 units. And so they're going, hey, Mike, man, what you're doing, that's exactly what I want to do. So how can somebody do that? How can somebody go from ground zero to scaling to getting something um, that's actually profitable that you know they can be happy with?
0: Yeah. So it was, it was interesting there too, you know, how that journey works. Um, in the height of the recession, you walked into some banks and tell me you're gonna buy some properties, ran them out. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we're, we're not doing that right now. Thankfully, had a great relationship, I still do, with a bank, and, uh, and, and they were able to um, uh, give us a shot. So we bought, um, and I should take one step back before that, uh, the realtor that we used at the time actually uh, was fairly wealthy. And he was showing us properties, and he said, hey, if you like this house, I'll, I'll finance it. And, and so that real, was like, come on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we he financed it, and uh, we ended up refinancing that, going to the bank, uh, refinancing out of that and going to the bank. Uh, and, again, I had a great lo- relationship with the bank. So, you know, if you can form relationships with, with uh, local banks, it's huge. Yep. um, and, and,
1: For, and form them now. Look, the economy yeah. is fantastic right now. Banks have so much freaking money they don't even know what to do with it. Form those relationships now because that way when, you know, The bad times come, you've already got something built and it's going to take a lot less time for them to trust you and and form relationships with multiple banks because there's going to be, you know, you might form a relationship with a bank that ends up like pretty much having to shut their doors. I mean, there was a lot of banks that were either either close or ended up shutting their doors or selling. So form relationships with lots of different banks and get to
0: know them right now while money is like super plentiful. Right. It is huge. And and, and other people, you know, I mean, you never know. Oh, we had, we had our our insurance agent actually financed another one for us. Uh, A couple of years later, we financed back into the bank. Um, We've uh, we were able to pick up some lots during the recession too. Very, very cheap. Uh, The bank was able to give us uh, the actual cash value of them uh, minus 20% as downswings for, uh, for other properties. Um, the contract for deed. We did a contract for deed with another individual. We ended up buying a fourplex, a triplex, and a single family through them. And, uh, and again, uh, they ended up getting to know us, know who we were, and our track record, and felt very comfortable with it. So, um, you know, there are, you know and there are just a million of different ways of trying to find and being able to acquire funds. And uh, just keep being creative. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and, and utilize those relationships that you built. Because um, even once you have a bank, you know talk to your other friends, if you know other investors, see which banks they use, go in and talk to them. Um, others will talk about having a little uh, you, you know your, this book that talks about what you've done. Um, have some pictures, have some books if you need. We've never need that, but I think that's a great idea that's been out there too so you can go in and, and tell your story to these bankers because like you said, there's a lot of money out there right now.
1: Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is going to be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you want to get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you. And the best part about The North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are going to be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out. I'll see you there. Yeah, I think whether it's a book or just a bio or, you know, a list of properties. I mean, you want to be tracking what you're doing. So that way you can not only tell the banker, but the bank, the banker that you're going to be talking to is kind of the face, right? And then they have to go to their committees and get all the approval. Now they can help push. But if there's a story that they can tell, and that they can visually show everybody, that's going to help you get their a lot quicker I think so yeah if you have those pictures if you put together a book or a whatever any any kind of marketing I think that's going to be very helpful
0: it is yeah we, we ended up getting to the point where we wouldn't need any money down um they would carry all the uh, all the reconstruction costs uh, and and it worked out great you know so again it, as, as you do one property they're going to test the waters as you do more and more and more they become more comfortable and and there are opportunities because you know you start doing one every four months Pretty soon, how are you going to come up with the downswing? Plus, it needs 15,000 renovations. You know, how is that all going to happen? Um, and it's time that you can spend with those bankers. Work with them and uh, um, hear what others have done, but then and present those options and ideas to them, but also listen to the bankers. Sometimes they'll get creative for you, too.
1: Yeah, good good point. A lot of times the bankers have stuff up their sleeve to be able to help you get there. It's not always conventional, right? It's not always what we got to put the 20, 25% down payment and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we get a lot of other opportunities that the lenders can get you into these properties for a lot less money. I mean, I remember one of my very first uh, bankers, he was able to get me refinanced out of these first properties I bought, was able to get me all my money back. And has said, here, here's a better way. Let's do it this way. And I was able to essentially get these property. I did need some money, but by the time we were done renovating them and getting them tenanted, we got all the money back with very, very little cost. It was was so unreal, the type of lending. I mean, this was right during 2009. Like nobody was touching real estate. So there's ways to get creative. There's the right bankers and there's the wrong bankers. And you just need to build those relationships. And it sounds like you're just really determined, determined to get this going and, and, and actually achieve your goals. Take us through that, that determination. Like what, why? Why did you want to continue to push on when it might've been difficult? I mean, 2009, 2010, I mean, those are tough times to get real estate, even though prices were
0: great. It was. And, and you know, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is overcoming your fears is um, and you know, obviously hindsight's 2020 20, and, and when I t- spoke before buying a house every four months and you should have bought three every month or more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you step into it and, and, and everything's kind of in turmoil and you don't know what is coming. So we would want to buy one, fix it, get them rented. Okay. Now we're at ease. Let's do this again. It, it, and it worked and it went very quick. So now you can look back in hindsight. Um, and know that we should have done more um, but the biggest thing is 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 you know um being cautious and making sure that you don't over uh don't overstep your own boundaries and get yourself in trouble because that will take the fun out of it and it's just drive i just love real estate i i've i've had a, a love and a passion for real estate um since i was you know in my upper teens and i wanted to be involved i wanted to do it uh, i've seen family members do it so um that was my drive and and, and it was it, you know, you look at your life, and I used to spend all my time hunting, fishing, and being outside, and doing this and that. And um, and pretty soon, my priorities switched. Instead of um, you know, after work, going fishing, going hunting, I wanted to go and work on a rental. It was just satisfying to see uh, to see a finished product, and, and then and then to look at, and then to look at uh, back at your balance sheet and, and watch that grow. You know, it's, it's, as you've heard before, you know, it's it's not it's quick. It's it's a Get rich over, or get wealthy over time, and it's it's very true.
1: Yeah, very very true. And those who are trying to get rich quick on real estate, I think ultimately um, maybe they can do it, but is it is it long lasting? Is it going to be there when a recession does happen? I think a lot of people that get rich quick end up finding themselves on the wrong end of the fence when a recession does happen, and they wonder, you know, how did that happen? Where where are we go? And I've talked to a lot of people through this podcast and through just meeting people that it lost it all during our our last recession, which a lot of people did. And it's kind of the same theme. Look, they're just trying to go out there. They're buying too much. They're trying to get rich quick and they weren't paying attention to the business fundamentals. They weren't paying attention to what was really going on and uh, they were just trying to get rich and and that's it. And they didn't really pay attention to the cash flow, as you said, like, Oh, no, I can buy a property and it's breaking even. I'm going to buy that because it's more real estate, right? It looks good on my balance sheet. Oh, I'm going to refinance this property. I'm going to pull it appraised for 200000 So I'm going to, I'm going to pull every last penny I can out of there, even though it I don't cash flow anymore. But it gives me a bunch of cash up front. I mean, really, what, what kind of choices are you making today to set, your, to set yourself up for in the future and that's what you're looking at. Like the slow game. Look, you're building this one brick at a time.
0: That's right. Yeah, I'd rather sleep well at night than, than uh, be nervous about losing your dog.
1: And your wife probably appreciates it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's yeah, <laughs> totally. Um.
1: So Mike, what are you doing right now today? And like, what do you, where are you trying to take this business? You know, give, give us kind of an insight of, of you know, your goals going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I would love, uh, boy, I mean, to be honest, i love another 500 units. Uh, that is definitely where I'd love to be. Um, so how are you going to get there? If you're going right. to do
1: one at a time, how are you going to get there? Is there an idea of, okay, look, maybe let's buy a 20 unit or a 50 unit or even a 100
0: unit? And that's exactly right. And, um, and, and so, you know, setting goals, um, making the vision board. And, uh, and having pictures of those bigger apartment buildings. And that is my goal. I've, I've ran some numbers on uh, a 27 unit, uh, 24, 12s, you know, again, locally, uh, trying to make them work, trying to make them pencil. Um, so that's where I want to be. The, obviously, the market is just not allowing me to do it. Um, and, 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 and I'm okay with it. I, I have a goal, um, but, but I'm not going to do it on a risk and, and on a whim just to try to make it there. Um, I'm definitely going to keep on building relationships. Uh, and on the path on being a passive investor too, you know, uh, if the opportunities are not aren't here at home, uh, doing more on the passive side of things too, and taking advantage of that, uh, to, um, you know, to be a part of additional units, but, um, um, no, I, I, I definitely want to keep on building relationships and, and working hard to uh, acquire more units. And if it's, if it's one a year, I'll, I'll be fine with that because, uh, um, um, you know, in, in the near future, uh, financially it'll, it'll, it's all making sense. So I'll be happy wherever I end up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's another, uh, some more golden nuggets. I mean, you want to get the 500 units you want to get there, but you, you realize that it's going to be difficult to do it again quickly. I mean, as we talk about the long game versus the short game, you realize that, Hey, the numbers got to work. They got to scrub out and you don't want to buy anything. That's going to kick you in the end. So if it doesn't work, you're going to be willing to be patient. You don't look like you're 80, 85. So it looks like you got a lot of time left. Yeah, um, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Definitely have some, uh, a lot more time to invest in real estate. Yeah, exactly. So um,
1: any more kind of nuggets, little tips you can give our listeners who are kind of in the same shoes as you? I mean, so many of us have, you know, full-time jobs and we just can't figure out, okay, how do we get started? Any other nuggets that you can give our listeners?
0: You know, for me, uh, I, I like to call putting my properties on autopilot. Uh, when we go in and buy a property, the first thing I want to do is, is, you know, and as you have properties, you know those things that are just going to get calls. And, and to go in and fix them and mm-hmm. front. You know, when we started, again, you'd run around, look at Craigslist and buy washers and dryers and uh, refrigerators online and get them for, you know, 100 hundred, hundred and fifty 150 bucks instead of paying 500 at the store. Well, you get them all set up and a week later, a month later, a year later, you know, they're breaking down. Um, it's just so important that uh, even toilets, you know, you get if you have an old toilets in there, um, and you're having to change out the guts in the toilet, the flap or all these are either your time or a handyman's time, uh, to get in there and do it. Uh, it's been, it's well served me to go in there and fix those, those items up front. And I know, well, you don't know, but, uh, it, there's a good chance you're not going to be getting a call for a while. And it makes just a lot more sense to, uh, alleviate those phone calls and the less phone calls you receive, uh, the more fun the business is.
1: I uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, what I call it bulletproofing my rentals. I like to go in and you know what, for just a little bit more money, I can put in the LVP flooring versus carpet for just a little bit more money. I can re-sand my hardwood floors versus throwing, you know, anything over top of it. For just a little bit more, I can put a little bit better fixture in there. You know, my plumber tells me, and I don't know how true this is, but he tells me Menards and Home Depot their same faucet is that I can, that he can get as a plumbing supply is all plastic parts at at Menards and Home Depot. And his is all quality metal parts for just a little bit more. I can get the better faucet. I can get the better toilet. I can get an actual washer or dryer that are brand new and that have a warranty on them, that manufacturer warranty, you know? So I've, I've done the same way I've, I went from doing the Craigslist thing to the rent, the reuse centers to stuff like that, to going, is it really worth a, is it worth my time? Like, is it really worth my time to go run around and try to piecemeal this thing together? Or do I value my time more than that? And then is it worth my time in the end or my maintenance person's time in in the end when I got to pay somebody or I got to do it myself to get to this property other time to make these repairs that I just should have done right in the first place, doing things right in the first place makes so much more sense
0: yeah yeah you, you know that saying of your you're uh stepping over dollars to pick up pennies after a while you really see it and again when you get started uh you you just feel like you have to because you don't you just don't have that extra money yeah. you know you're working on a thinner budget um but if you have the ability to do it just get those items fixed up front one other you know big thing is is when it comes to paint um why we used to think it was so great to paint this room that color and you know set up a color scheme Pretty soon, two years later, you need to re, you, you have to touch it up or repaint it. It's like, oh, yeah, where's that paint at? Now you have forty, fifty paint colors that you need to keep track of. Just uh, find a color you like for the walls, find a color for the trim, and uh, and stick to it. That way, you keep it on keep it on hand. by the five gallon pail, and you know what color it's going to be.
1: What really pained me is I can't remember how many years ago it was. Maybe eight years ago now, uh, seven, eight years ago, they changed the. I think it's called the VOC levels of the paint and none of the paint colors matched anymore. So we had everything picked out a certain color. And when we tried to go and just do some touch-ups, it was always a different. And so then we had to repaint every single property, but yeah, you're right. I mean, fixtures, all your plumbing fixtures, make them the same color throughout the board, throughout every single property, doorknobs, simple as doorknobs. I mean, everything should be the same. Like all of your, door front door knobs and back doors and you know entrance doors they should be all the same so you can easily rekey things you can swap them out we do a lot of a lot of lock swapping stuff like that I mean it's just yeah. make things as simple as you can think about the systems like you've preached to put in place to help you out
0: yeah you know Home Depot now has a, and maybe others do too but they have that rekey yeah. and and that has been great you know um being able to you have a tenant move out you can rekey it so simply with a little tool change out you know without having to go and tear everything apart um you know one more thing too i just popped into my mind was you know the sewer lines if you're buying in an older part of town make sure to work and talk with the city to see if they know how old those lines are Is so it galvanized coming into the house what's the sewer line going back out to the street the city streets might be brand new but maybe the house that you're going to buy is uh Orangeburg, clay tile. Um, We even had one that passed recently, you know, and and at the joints, um, some roots came in. And, you know, and and anyways, I had a plumber come and dig it up. And he said, We found where it is. It's just in one joint. So um, if you're okay with it, we're just going to clean that up and we're going to bury it. I said, And I was like, No, no, dig it all up, put it all back, put PVC in it. I know this isn't going to happen. I'm going to own this house for at least 20 years. So just do it right, fix it um the so thing
1: with the water line coming in we've bought houses that have that have lead coming in and the city has forced us to replace it and it's like oh man we didn't budget this five thousand dollar budget to get that done
0: yeah and these bigger towns you know a lot of times they will know the age of the system coming into the house they'll know what yeah. the lines are so yeah. uh, make that call to the public works department the water department whatever it might be uh, and, and see if they happen to know give them the address a lot of times they can pull up all those reports
1: yeah, good, great, great advice. And get your sewer scopes too. I mean, yeah, it costs you a little bit of money, but it can save you a ton of money in the end.
0: It does. Yep, Yeah, for two hundred and fifty bucks, it can save you uh, thousands. You know, if thousands. they have to dig out into the street, I'm not replacing tar. You know, it it really adds up.
1: Especially when you're talking about larger municipalities that control that too, like uh, the city of Minneapolis. Uh, they, you only have, I think it's ten options for contractors. They control the contractors. Well, those contractors know, it. they know they're one of the 10. They only got 10 people to compete against their guess what their prices in the city of Minneapolis are going to be double what they are in any other suburb.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. um, all right. So I got a couple, couple last questions that I want to hit on. Uh, what's a favorite book that you can pass on?
0: You know, there's so many great ones. Uh, the most recent one I, I read, it, it, taxes are not my favorite. Um, Favorite thing, although the Tom Wheelwright put out a book called uh, "Tax Free Wealth," and I really enjoyed that. Um, again, just to just to brush over and think of ideas to bring forth uh, to the accountant that I use and ask him, "How can I utilize this? Can I utilize this?" Um, that that was a fun book. Uh, you know, the Millionaire Next Door. And, and even people that we know, you know, Jake and Gino, they have a great wheelbarrow of profits. And Rod Klee's book, you know, um, I, I really enjoyed all those. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've got a quite a library. And, um, and uh, there's a lot of great real estate books.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation?
0: You know, first and foremost is family. Uh, I got a great wife, wonderful kids, and uh, couldn't do without them. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. Um, uh, because of the rentals, we ended up acquiring a, a lake cabin during the, during the recession. And, uh, you know, every time we go, we talk about – I've if, been there, and it's great. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, it's fun having you. Hopefully, you guys see again. And, uh, you know, so when, we, you know, when we're dealing with rentals on nights or weekends and the kids are coming with, and they, they have fun, but now they know, well, this is why – because we get to go to the cabin. Yeah. So uh, families, first and foremost, um, you know, and then having both passive and active income. Um, on, on the rental side, you know uh, that is that has been a, a huge pillar, and you know, and just having a the continuous hunger for knowledge and drive, um, it, you know, and, and the want to keep moving. You know, I mean, you you have to have that to get ahead. And, and uh, yeah, those are definitely the three that I think of.
1: Awesome, awesome, I love them. Well, Mike, I really appreciate the time you're able to spend with us, and and tons of value. Uh, really, to me, inspirational, especially for those who you know wanna figure out okay where do i get started and and wanna you know get to kind of a point where you're at i think it's it, this was a lot of great information for for those listeners and really for anybody that you know wants to continue to grow their business and we talked a lot of systems and scale too so it really some of this stuff is applicable for for people who are even trying to scale even larger so a lot of great stuff uh how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to want to chat a little bit more
0: yeah definitely Uh, i'll give you my my email address and it's m stradman s-t-r-o-d-t-m-a-n at hotmail.com yeah feel free to reach out awesome awesome mike
1: appreciate it you have a fantastic rest of the day